There is no death. It is only a transition to a different sphere of consciousness. Carol Ann is not like those she's with. She is a living presence in their spiritual earthbound plane. Hello and welcome to episode two of the Talking to the Dead podcast. In this episode, we are going to try and talk to someone who is dead. And before we do that, I felt it was very important, as with anything that's psychic or occult, that we do a certain amount of protection rituals. Now, this is not because I think um, Linda Blair is going to come out of The Exorcist and make my head swivel around 360 degrees. It's just to show respect. It's a bit like if you go to a church, it's respectful to look nice and to behave well. And it's exactly the same when you're contacting the spirit world. If you come in with a positive, friendly attitude, you're generally going to meet friendly, positive people. Somebody said to me, it's a bit like contacting the internet. I could be talking to anybody. I just don't know who they are. I've never met them before, probably. And it's about talking to strangers. And therefore, you've got to be a little bit careful because just like on the internet, you have to be careful if you talk to strangers. The same in the spirit world. You want to be careful that you're respectful and that you encourage nice, positive things to happen. Many times, children particularly have messed around with silly things like Ouija boards and have managed to tap into perhaps less than desirable impressions and perhaps people who came through weren't terribly friendly. But mind you, you wonder what was the atmosphere in the room when they were doing that and what sort of negative influences were in their mind that perhaps um, attracted neg negative influences back. So I'm very respectful and I'm going to be doing a protection ritual. And first of all, I really want to thank my friends, Linda and Isabel, who've helped me not only design the protection rituals and the farewell, but also the questions that I'm going to ask. So just if you'll give me a few minutes, just so you know, because I'll never repeat this again, what I'm going to do is go through the protection ritual so you can hear what I'm doing. Um, I can tell you the process that I'm going to go through in order to make contact with someone. And I will give you the questions that I'm going to use each and every episode. So first, I'm going to use a protection ritual, which is really, really old. Uh, it's used quite a lot in occult practices. Um, it's using the archangels. So you face east, and I have my compass ready here. Uh, you go to the first archangel. Uh, his name is Raphael. And he's the Archangel of Healing. And you say, Archangel Raphael, I invoke thee for protection. Then you face south, and then you invoke the Archangel Michael, who is the warrior Archangel. And you say, Archangel Michael, I invoke thee for protection. Then you face west, and then you ask for the third Archangel. His name is Gabriel. And he is a messenger and a gatekeeper between this world and the next. And I will say, Archangel Gabriel, I invoke thee for protection. Then you face north and you ask for the fourth archangel. You invoke Oriel, who is the archangel in charge of all earthly things. And I will say, Archangel Oriel, I invoke thee for protection. 
Then after that, I'm going to say something a little bit uh, added. This came from Isabel. And I will say, I call upon air, fire, earth and water, upon the powers of above and beyond to bless and protect me and what is mine in this holy space that I create. Having done that protection, I've also got a nice white candle. I've got some amethyst crystals. And the important thing is to imagine a white light surrounding my body, uh, some protection. Uh, I will ask my spirit guide or guides or somebody who is there to help me to protect me during this session. As I said, I, I, it's nothing spooky. I'm not asking to be protected from demons or devils. I'm just wanting to send out a respectful if I meet somebody, uh, like if you meet somebody on the internet or even if you meet somebody just on a blind date, you want to make sure that this person is fun and he's not going to cause you any harm or her. So you set an intention very clearly of what you want from your spirit guides, what sort of messages you're wanting to receive. Um, then you need to focus your attention. Some people say through your third eye or your chakras. It's the space between your eyebrows. And you imagine that kind of third eye opening up like a door or a window, allowing a two-way process. Um, inviting the guides is important. Uh, you can mentally ask for them out loud or invite them to communicate to you in spirit. Sorry about that ping. That's somebody trying to communicate very earthly through WhatsApp. Then the questions. These are the questions that I'm going to ask. There are just 14 of them, uh, and it will be, Hello, is my spirit guide there? I invite you to communicate with me. What is your name? When did you die? How did you die? How would you describe the experience of death? Do you feel love or hate towards anyone or anything now? And if so, why? Are there things you regret? How do you see the world and its challenges today from the other side? What advice do you have for living people? Is it true that before we are born, we chose what we want to learn and experience? Is it true that after we die, we meet with a spirit guide to evaluate our life choices? Can you decide when to be born next and where? Is there any message you would like to pass through me to someone still alive? Is there anyone else who would like to pass a message through me? And then after that, um, which I'm going to try to keep everything to 30 minutes because I know we all have limits to our patience. I will close the session and it's again very important with all things psychic that you thank the person who came through and you allow them to leave. Um, again, this is not spooky horror movie stuff. Uh, it's only polite if you're seeing somebody on the internet or if you meet someone in a bar you know, you say goodbye and thank them very much for their time. So I will say I thankfully release all powers that carried and protected me through this in the name of the father, the mother and the holy child. Now, I will say right away um, that I'm not a practicing Christian. However, I thought it's quite nice to put in um, some Christian stuff there. I was confirmed as a Christian as a young boy. Um, I have no problem doing it. I don't think there's any harm. And connected with everything to do with Christianity and all major religions is a tremendous amount of energy. So I respect it whether I believe it or not. So that is the process I'm going to go through. 
And now I will basically switch off um, this recorder and I will do my rituals. And every episode, when you hear the beginning of the episode, I will have done these rituals already. So I'm not going to um, make you sit through my rituals every time. Once I've done the ritual, I will then ask if anybody's there and I will get the impressions. And if I start getting impressions um, as I uh, read that question, which will be recorded, I will allow the recording to stay open and I will tell you the impressions that I'm getting. If I'm not getting anything, I will just pause my recording and switch it on again as soon as I'm getting an impression. So in the end, you should end up getting a conversation flow from me where I'm going to ask the questions maybe some pausing going on, and then I will tell you the impressions that I'm getting um, from asking those questions. I hope that's easy to understand. Hello, is my spirit guide there? I invite you to communicate with me. What is your name? I'm getting the name Harry. When did you die? getting the feeling that he says that he has never lived. He's never had human form. Have you ever had any other form apart from what you are now? He's saying that he's had a form of music, a creative force of music. Can you describe how you are as a musical form. I'm getting very strong feelings uh, of shakiness in my hands. I, I feel like somebody's playing drums or there's a rhythm. Um, so I think what I'm getting the impression is that this, this form, this, this being Harry, represents vibrations of music whether it's drums, and I even heard the plucking of what sounded like a guitar string. Uh, Harry, I would like to ask you some other questions. Have you ever had the form of anything else than music? I'm getting a very strong feeling that his form is music, but it is singing. Um, it is singing in a very strong way. Um, he wants me to know that singing um, can have a tremendous effect on people. It's a very powerful medium um, that resonates and um, therefore can be healing as well as beautiful to listen to. So Harry, if you haven't lived as anything else other than the creative force of music. Um, can I ask if you feel any love or any hate towards anything now or before? I have a very strong impression of animals, but particularly a dog. Um, also, he's showing me a ship, but it's almost like an old galleon ship hundreds of years old and I'm also hearing the ship's whistle um, the sort of sound like a uh, which is being yeah it's very strong Harry's trying to give me the impression of something he hates which is how 
music is used also in a negative way on our level. Um, it's not just used as a, as a way to make us feel better. It's also used um, in a way that I suppose is, he's trying to show sort of political um, and it can be used in, a, in an aggressive, unpleasant way. Uh, suddenly the thought comes through about horror movies and how music is used in movies to set an atmosphere, but a very foreboding atmosphere. And Harry's telling me he hates that. He thinks music should be used for expressing positive energy and positive thoughts. I see like a church choir. Um, Harry, I think, is trying to show me what he likes and what he loves. And he loves it when people sing together in groups and like a choir, harmony. Um, it's a tremendously moving and energetic thing for him. I think in a way he's saying that it returns energy back to him when people sing. Harry, are there any things you regret? Um, there's a whole bunch of stuff here that he feels that he regrets. I think he feels responsible for the way that music is used. And I think he feels regret that we're not using music as it should be used. He feels that music is not just for listening to um, or performing, but music or sound is very powerful and can be used not only to heal, but it can be used to alter consciousness, change time. Um, he's talking about how it can be used um, to cut things, how sound is so much more than uh, we realize. And he feels regret that we still haven't in our stage of evolution really managed to master sound. Harry, how do you see the world and its challenges today from the other side, from your side? Well, um, Harry feels that there are frequencies of sound um, that we could listen to, certain distinct frequencies. And we should be listening to those frequencies more. Um, he feels that if we all concentrated on certain frequencies of sound, it would help a lot with the challenges we have on Earth. Certain frequencies will enable more people to be in touch with um, other dimensions and receive all the benefits of communication and advice from those dimensions that will help us with our challenges. Harry also feels that because we're not using sound right, um, in a way, everything is being drowned out by this mad cacophony of different sounds. And this sound is like a mess, and the real, true sound is not being heard. Not sure how else to say that. Harry, what advice do you have for living people? Harry seems to give me the impression that the advice he can give us is to find a particular sound. And I suppose we can do that by listening to notes on a piano or a machine that makes different frequencies of sound. And all of us will choose a particular sound that we, we like, a single uh, frequency of sound, a bit like, uh, he says, um, colors that we all like, as many of us have a favorite color. But we don't ever ask ourselves, well, do we have a favorite sound? 
well, we may have a favorite sound of something, but not a particular note. And he says, what we all need to do is find that note because we all have a unique note inside us that we were born with. And everybody has a different note or some people have the same note, but we can find that note. And once you find that note, we should use that note at least once a day in our life, play it and listen to it. And it'll make us stronger and make us better. Harry, is it true that before we are born, we chose what we wanted to learn and experience in this life? Harry says that because he's never been born, um, he can't really tell me much about that. Although he has relationships with lots of different spirits who have chosen to be born. And he tells me some others are waiting to talk. Um, but he, from what he's seen, um, he believes that um, everyone chooses to do something for a reason. Um, some people choose to be born. Some people choose not to be born, depending on what they feel like doing. Um, and I think he feels that the experience that we wish to have is something that um, we all discuss and, and think about when we're not in this physical body. Harry, is it true that after we die, we meet with a spirit guide to evaluate our life choices? <laughs> again, he's kind of laughing and he's saying, you, you've got me again because he's not really the right person to talk about it because um, he's never lived, so he's never died. And um, he says that as far as um, evaluating life choices, he certainly believes that's the case because all of his friends, he calls them, around him uh, in the dimension that he's in. Um, they've had lives or not had lives, but the ones who've had lives uh, are constantly evaluating what they've learned, uh, what they've missed, or what they wish to experience again, um, which I suppose he's trying to indicate indi is like they can, you can make a choice um, what sort of life you wish to live or what existence you he's, he's pointing it out it's not just life here it's a whole range of existences that are beyond just human experience um, and it's uh, no formal plan um, it's uh, it's almost an endless process um, but it's not boring um, it's extremely um, it's f f fulfilling and it's like having the opportunity to do something new all the time Harry, I know you weren't born, but can you tell me, can you decide when to be born next and where? Well, that was an, an immediate yes. Um, he's absolutely uh, sure that many people do decide where they want to be born and where. And uh, some people, he's telling me, um, in terms of our time, can wait hundreds and hundreds of years um, to to make it to make a new life and maybe it's not even a human life it can be a life in another reality maybe on another planet or in another dimension um, but those decisions are made and you, you, your soul makes those decisions in collaboration with other people uh, and um, yes he's also mentioning quite often 
um, you, you have a group of people who will join you. And um, I suppose I'm just thinking myself now that that might be like soulmates or something like that. Harry, is there any message you would like to pass through me to someone else who is still alive here? Well, Harry seemed to give me just a general um, need to show tremendous appreciation and love to musicians and singers. Um, he believes that um, they are passing messages from his realm and other realms through music. Uh, and the music is something that um, is a very important transmission. It's a, it's, a, it's, an, it's a conduit for passing information. It's more than just the sound. It's the energy and the vibration in music and sound. And almost there's almost the, a limitless kind of bandwidth of information um, and consciousness that can be transmitted through, the, through sound and through music. And um, he says that the message he would want to pass is not just from him, it's from all, the, all of these beings who create music and sound um, to thank and to, to, to show love and appreciation to people on earth who are creating music and interpreting all the stuff that they create where they are. Thank you, Harry. Is there anything else you would like to say? Harry wants me to say that he feels that it's not a secret, but it's something, again, we're not paying much attention to, and that's the sound in everything. There's a sound that's generated in everything, whether it's the sound of uh, a book closing uh, or a newspaper being turned. There's always a sound, and he wants us all to become far more aware of sound. Of course, um, Harry, I'm thinking that that's great for people who are not deaf. What about people who are deaf? Can they not? Um, they can't really appreciate this. But Harry, and just as I was saying that, immediately he said, no, the, the deaf people can hear. They hear sounds in their mind as well as we do who have perfect hearing. So he says, no, it's not. It's a question of what you hear in your mind, not necessarily uh, the sounds that are just being generated by objects on, on Earth. Harry, uh, thank you again for coming over to speak with me. So hello, is my spirit guide there? I invite you to communicate with me. Is there anyone else who would like to come through at this time and talk with me? I'm receiving a message and he says he's a humble warrior, just a humble warrior. I said, what is, what is your name? He's not giving me his name. He's just wanting to say that he's just a soldier. When did you die? Oh, this is sad. Um, he's just died very recently. How did you die? And he's giving me um, a very strong sense that this is Ukraine. And he was a soldier. He died in the field. Could you describe the experience of death? Uh, he said it was horrible. Um, 
he basically was no he knew he was going to die um, he felt literally the light fading around him he knew his injuries were too bad too catastrophic to survive um, he, he could see his fellow soldiers around and some were looking at him some were just knowing he was going to die and just ignored him and he could look up at their eyes from the ground and, and know full well that um, he wasn't going to make it. Do you feel love or hate towards anyone or anything now? No, he's, he, he doesn't. The soldier doesn't feel any love particularly or hate. Uh, he's telling me that it's all happened too soon. Um, he's, he's, in a, he's in a sort of a strange area, strange place, where he feels that um, he's only just died. Um, he's got all the memories of life. He's got all the memories of what happened to him in this battle. Um, he's, a, he's a bit angry that he died. He's very sad that he's not been able to uh, see his loved ones. Um, in fact, he's actually telling me that people haven't even found his body yet because after this time when he was killed, um, so many of his comrades were also killed, but they're lying in a field. Um, yeah, he's showing me that they, they're lying in a field um, in, in various stages of whatever, and um, they haven't been found. And he, he really would like people to find his body. Uh, I sense of wanting to have a funeral, but at least to... There is a certain closure for him when he knows that his family are sure that he's died um, and they won't be full of worry and be anxious to find out what's happened to him. And until that time, he feels very, very close to Earth. He feels very close to his body. Um, he knows he's dead, um, but he just doesn't feel able to move much further than that. Uh, and he's sort of asking for help, that we need to go and find him and his, his, his comrades uh, and identify them. What advice do, do you have for living people, Mr. Soldier? Oh, well, um, he, he's, he just feels that there's this, we've lost our humanity. Um, we're killing each other. There are wars for nothing. And he just feels that the best advice he could give from now is stop killing each other and stop having wars. The soldier just wants again just to pass on this tremendous sense of, of, of anger and the futility of him dying and the sadness of realizing that his life was over. He's a young man and he had friends and he, they were with him and he just was killed in battle um, and, he, and he realizes that he's not the first soldier, he says, to die and not the last. He realizes that many soldiers have died alongside. But where he is at the moment, he's alone, which is really sad, which is why he says he wanted to speak because he just cannot break away from this lonely solitude that he's stuck in. Um, he needs this sense that people recognize that he has died.
and he needs a sense of closure too, as his family needs a sense of closure that will enable him to move on. Yes, I'd like to thank you for coming over to speak with me too. Is there anybody else who would like to communicate through me? Yes, there is a lady, um, and she said that f she's saying flowers. She loves flowers, and she used to grow flowers and sell flowers. Do you have a name? And she says her name is Nancy. How did you die, Nancy? And Nancy said that she, ha she was killed in a car accident. She was walking across the road, actually with a bunch of flowers, and she was run over by a car. Can you describe the experience of your death? She just says to me that um, it all happened too quickly. She says that's a cliche, but it happened so fast. She, one minute she was happy and she was quite, she's a, a young girl. She must have been probably less than 20 years old. Uh, and she was, it was a beautiful, I can see this beautiful summer's day. I can see that this is an older car, so this must have been 40, 50 years ago. And it was in the countryside and she'd been picking, I think, wild flowers. I can see these wild flowers. I can see the long grass on the hedgerows by this road. And she, I think, wasn't terribly careful and didn't look at the road properly. This car being driven by a man only, uh, no other person in the car. It was a, an open top, a convertible car, quite an old fashioned car. And it came charging into her and she remembers flying through the air. And she also remembers seeing the flowers that she had in her hand, uh, all scattered in the wind around her. And she landed on the ground. And she said at that point, um, it was, Yes, it was like no pain, and she realized that it, it almost seemed like a dream, that, that that hadn't happened, she said. And she sort of tried to get up, but realized that she couldn't get up. Um, and she had that sense of um, stepping away, but she looked back and she could see that she was stepping away from herself. And she didn't quite know what was going on. And, felt very disorientated and then I think she must have passed out at that point and she didn't really remember anything more from that point um, yeah I said um, so that was your experience of death Nancy um, and she said she said yes there, there was no pain um, there was just a tremendous sense of um, of leaving uh, of this is it this is the end it was a very strong feeling like uh, she says like um, when you watch a movie and you know it's to it's a towards the end and you have that very strong feeling like you you've watched this experience and it's soon going to end and you're on one hand um, looking forward for the end but equally sad that the end has come uh, she's also saying it's like reading a book where you can see you haven't got many pages left and you know the end is coming. And one part of you is, is looking forward to ending that book, but the other part of you 
doesn't want it to end. But it's almost in, inevitable and you know it's going to happen. But, um, yeah. Are there any things that you regret, Nancy? She says, yes, she does regret many things, but one of the biggest things that she regrets is having children. Um, she says that she was far too young to die, um, and she really regrets that that had happened. Um, but she feels that um, on one hand, um, she had chosen at this particular death, at this particular time, but it's not as simple as that because she does say that she also had um, the idea to have children, but it was always a free will, that circumstances are not all fixed. It's not going to happen exactly as you plan. And at that particular time, she died and didn't have children, but she, she had regret. And she says, why? Because she actually had a boyfriend. And she was very much in love with that boyfriend. And in fact, she was actually collecting flowers for him at that particular time that she was going to put into a vase because it was his birthday. Um, so Nancy, um, how do you see the world and its challenges today from, from the other side? Um, Nancy's saying to me that she doesn't really see us very much. Um, she doesn't have much communication with our particular plane. Um, she's only coming through today um, because she felt that it was a good time to suddenly talk. Um, she, she does miss aspects of being alive. Um, and she feels, yes, it's not that easy to communicate with people. Um, she feels that our challenges are, are no different from challenges where she is. Everything is challenges and everything is something that needs to be overcome. Um, and she feels that um, our challenges uh, are, are, not a, are not a mystery. Uh, they've all been created by us for our own experience. What advice do you have for living people, Nancy? Um, she's, she's a lovely lady. I think she's just saying... Just enjoy your life. Um, don't feel constrained by uh, worry about things in your life. Everything is fine. Everything is going to be good. Um, everything you have chosen. Um, enjoy the life as much as you can because she, as she found, it ended so quickly and so suddenly. And there were so many things she would have loved to have done but just didn't have the time. Nancy, is there anything else you'd like to pass through me before I say goodbye? Well, Nancy is quite keen to come back, but not now. She's enjoyed coming through. Um, she would love to come again and maybe bring some people with her. Um, she seems to be, as I said, a very, very nice, very happy person. And um, she's not, she has no anger, she has no, she's no, no real regrets. Um, and where she is now is something that she wants to talk to us more about. 
So yes, I'm, I'm getting a very strong feeling now. Um, I think it's my spirit guide, Titan. I think she's telling me that that's enough. That really is enough for the first session. Um, obviously, we've just touched on things. Um, I think this has given me a very good um, chance to, to know how this will go. Um, I don't think there's anything particularly earth-shattering. Um, but I feel very strongly that as we do these podcasts, um, things are going to get very interesting. So I just want to thankfully th um, say I'm really thankful for all the people who've come through. I, I feel it's had a great impression on me. I feel very close. Um, I feel that there's been some sad stuff, but there's also been some very some very hopeful stuff.